Hi everyone and welcome back to the latest episode of We're Spinning Plates. I'm Em. And I'm Kira, And we are coming to you today with, I know we said we were going to stop counting episodes, but today <laughs> is our 10th episode, which feels Woo-hoo! monumental enough to mention, you know? 100%. It's like 10 episodes. That's wild. We're on the way. We're on, on the double way, figures. We're making it. We're making it. And we also, I think from the discussions we've been having prior to this episode, I think we're in for a slightly more positive episode this week. But I did just want to mention that we got some really lovely messages last week. I think we were really feeling lockdown and I think just a, an open discussion between us and you guys about the fact that lockdown can be difficult and you can't always be positive was needed. And if you sent us a nice message, we really appreciated it. Definitely. I appreciated it. I just had appreciated. A, a really weird like <laughs> word blur. But in terms of this week being more positive, how has your week been? My week's been pretty good all round. I feel like the time between filming last week's episode and this week's episode has gone so quickly. The week has just been a blur, which I suppose I should definitely be grateful for because the main lockdown fear is the extension of time into like infinity and never knowing where it's going to end. So the fact <laughs> oh that- my god. <laughs> So the fact that this week's gone quite quickly is definitely a good thing. Um, I'd say the highlight of my week has been towards the latter end of the week because I just hosted a readathon called the Rest and Reset Readathon, which was all about just like Lovely. relaxing, unwinding, mindfulness, all of that fun stuff. And one of the prompts that I had selected for this readathon was to do something new, like try a new activity or a new hobby or something like that. And I decided to try out watercolour painting, which was so much fun. Absolutely loved it and the reason I was so excited about this is because I am 100% not an artist I feel like well I mean we've discussed this before in the episode where we discussed our um logo for the podcast in the sense that we are both creative (laughs) creative but not artistic and but I thought watercoloring I don't have to do everything just to like be amazing at it I feel like the perfectionist in me wants to be amazing at everything but there is definitely something to be said for just doing activities purely for fun just because you enjoy them and not thinking about turning it into anything or showing it off and it was just a really nice time and I feel like I definitely picked the right artistic activity because watercoloring it's still artistic but I feel like it's a bit more like delicate and blurry so that if you're not that artistic it kind of like It's a bit more abstract, which I definitely think benefited my experience. So that was definitely a highlight of my week. And I've got something a little bit interesting. So (laughs) as you may know, (laughs) as you may know, in lockdown, I like to spend a lot of time on TikTok. It's just how these things go. Um, And you never know what you're going to find on TikTok. And I have found something quite (laughs) obscure. I'm wondering (laughs) whether... I'm wondering whether this has kind of come about because of the fact that I've been watching Call the Midwife and talking about Call the Midwife non-stop and Call the Midwife (laughs) is set partially at a convent and like there's a lot of nuns in it so I found this person on TikTok who is an ex-Catholic nun (laughs) and she's essentially just like talking about her experience of she joined a convent when she was 18, stayed there for five years and then kind of is talking about like what life was like in there and then why she decided to leave and what the process of leaving a convent was like and I'm not religious but I am so invested in this story and it's just... It's just something. I'm really enjoying it. For that's just yeah, definitely enjoying it. A little I mean, bit that's obscure, definitely but... obscure. Like just so you know, anyone that's listening, we don't know what we're going to talk about when we go into this roundup. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was waiting for that. And if you had asked me to predict what you're about to say, I don't think I would have got it with a million tries. 
no literally like because how weird is that like it's just so bizarre but I enjoyed it nonetheless and then <laughs> finally finally the best oh, part yeah. of this week I, know I what think is something yeah <laughs> something that we both share I think something that maybe a lot of you listening will share as well because it's so exciting and that is the news that was released this week that Sally Rooney is writing a new book or has written a new book that's going to be released this year in autumn oh my god praise be to Sally Rooney I'm so excited <laughs> I actually, when I saw that news, like the first thing I did was send the Instagram post to you and be like, have you seen this? And then the second thing I did was I went straight to Waterstones and pre-ordered that signed hardback because I just feel like your love affair with Sally Rooney kind of Mm -hmm. came across like instantly and you knew like she was the author for you, like I associate you with Sally Rooney. Whereas I think because I started off with normal people and really preferred the TV version to the book and didn't really click with the book and then mm. read Conversations with Friends and just absolutely, like, fell in love with it. <laughs> I feel like it's been a slower love story, but now I am on board. Woohoo! Team Sally Rooney over here. We just, I mean, she's just incredible. I think she could write literally anything and I would want to read it, but the synopsis of this book did sound really, really good. It's called Beautiful World, Where Are You? For anyone who hasn't come across this news, but it's basically about a group of four friends who know each other because friends tend to know each other <laughs> and, uh, there's stuff happening i do feel like her books tend to not have like a major plot point as such yeah they're, they're definitely, definitely like more character about studies and relationship studies relationship studies yeah they definitely really focus on like human connection and the various ways that that connection can manifest and how all of these different connections can be connected can I say connect anymore but like it really is about that like human connection and all of the like I guess like the web of relationships that we have and how they all interact with each other so it sounds incredible and I'm very excited about it so that definitely made this week a good week in my opinion what about you yeah I was gonna say like this was on my list I had a little list of things I wanted to include in this roundup and the Sally Rooney news was definitely number one. It just kind of made my week. And as a result of that, I picked up conversations with friends. Just to, it feels like a warm hug. I just really love the way that she writes and the way that she creates, we've talked about this before, the way that she creates characters. I find it very inspirational. So in turn, that has then inspired me to get on with my own writing and to start because I'm like writing one project at the moment and also submitting and querying another project so Mm. I've been doing a bit of each and she definitely inspired that because I think when you see an author that you really admire start to talk about new work it makes you want to get on with your new work so yeah Mm. she's provided inspiration and then also I feel like I've been watching a lot of Grey's Anatomy like I started it again from the beginning I feel like I watched about series one to nine and then kind of lost it a bit but I've gone back and I'm watching it from the beginning when they're all interns I'm on season two (sighs) I'm about to watch the Denny the Denny finale oh my god heartbreak I've already cried at some of the Denny episodes and it isn't even the season finale yet so because you know it's coming yeah you know, it's I kind of watched five seasons of Grey's Anatomy. I weirdly found Grey's Anatomy while I was on holiday in Croatia. We were doing like a little road trip through Europe and we ended up in this place in Croatia that we'd booked an apartment for for like a few days. Wasn't a very nice place, but the apartment was really nice and it had so many TV channels. So we ended up watching a load of Grey's Anatomy. That was the first time I'd ever seen it. And then that summer I watched like the first five seasons and then I was like, no, I'm losing my entire life to Grey's Anatomy. I'm not doing <laughs> anything else. So I had to stop. But now that we're in lockdown again, I'm thinking, like, should I? 
Yeah, will. it's definitely tempting. I, well, I mean, it's definitely tempting because I've done it. <laughs> I feel like the very early seasons where they are interns are just elite Grey's Anatomy. So yeah, I've yeah. been doing a lot of that. I've been doing some reading, doing some writing, just a usual week. But then yesterday I had the most Sundayest Sunday ever. I literally Ooh. cleaned my room, which is boring, <laughs> but I think is a nice chance to reset. Then I went for a really nice walk, bought myself a new bunch of flowers and changed out the flowers Cute. in my room. And then I made soup. <laughs> oh my God. Was there bread? I've ne- yes, there was like granary bread from the bakery. Like oh, I've never made soup God. before, but I feel like to mark my kind of entry entrance into adulthood, the main thing <laughs> on my Christmas list this year was a hand blender. <laughs> and oh I was like, God. I'm going to put this, I'm going to put it into action and I'm going to make some vegetable soup. And I feel like it just ended off Sunday on such <laughs> a Sunday-ish note, you know? Ah, uh, so yum. I just love soup. I feel like it's one of those things that's so simple, but so lovely and you just can't beat it especially when it's paired with a good bread so that sounds mm, delightful. I did think you'd appreciate that I thought you'd be proud of me. I really am and now I feel inspired to go make soup so that is potentially what I'm going to do after we finish recording this episode. Oh what soup though? Do you know what I quite enjoy a leek and potato soup mm, I know that's like yeah. no I a love a leek boring, and potato but I am um, I do quite like that and that's quite nice and cosy. I also like, um, you know, like there's a, a soup from Sainsbury's that's like sweet potato, <gasps> coconut, Chit, coconut and chili. chili. Oh mm-hmm. my God, that soup from Sainsbury's is elite. <laughs> it is top tier soup. <laughs> Who would have thought I'm so it? glad you knew the soup. <laughs> yeah, as soon as you said sweet potato, I was like, I know the one. It's like, it's like you pay a little bit extra, but it's so thick it's and creamy. Finest. It is elite Sainsbury's soup. Finest, yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. I'll give you it. What a conversation. What a week we've had. Kira and M rank, tier rank soups. Oh my God. Do you know what though? My lowest on the ranking is the creamy tomato soup from M&S. I can't. I can't. It's it's hard. Do you know, I'm not a fan of creamy tomato. I feel like it does everything that I don't want from a tomato soup. I want like a refreshing roasted vine tomatoes with a bit of basil. Like that's what I'm there for. But I feel like creamy soups. I, I can do a leek and potato. I could do like a carrot and coriander type of creamy soup or that coconut one from Sainsbury's. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think the cream and tomato is it's not for me. Yeah. And that concludes our weekly roundup <laughs> of soups. So maybe that should be a new section. We round up the week and then we round soup up of the, the week in soups. <laughs> <laughs> what a lockdown <laughs> conversation. I know. <laughs> so yeah, that was my week. I feel like it's been a much more positive week for me um it's been a case of going back to one of our earlier episodes really like appreciating the smaller joys in my life and that Mm. always manages to bring me out of a rut which brings us back to a different episode we've talked about I feel like they're all (laughs) just connecting um and I'm really excited to record this one I feel like the theme of the week this one this time is very fun and I'm excited to hear your answers (laughs) to what we're going to talk about so shall we get into it let's jump into it (laughs) So we did recently get some really good feedback on the episode that was, I think, two weeks ago now where we talked about finding joy in the small things, specifically because people liked the fact that this had come from the inspiration of a quote from a book or just a particular like reading experience. And Em is clearly very good at this because she has found (laughs) another one. (laughs) 
I'll let her talk to you a little bit more about it, but it is essentially the theme of what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail, which I just think is so fun and just such a nice way to like kind of explore your dreams and just exactly what you'd want to do if like nothing stood in your way. So how did you actually create this idea? Okay, so when we created the Small Joys episode, obviously that came from the Dolly Alderton book. It was a specific line and we kind of took inspiration from that. And like you said, we did get some really positive feedback from the idea of, I think because we're readers, the idea that we might come across quotes that would then inspire a conversation. I think, I mean, that's one of the main points of reading, I reckon. So yeah, I feel like Mm -hmm. that kind of system people seemed to like. So I was coming, I was on Instagram. I'm such a bookstagram scroller at the moment. And I've started (laughs) following loads of, you know, like the pretty illustration accounts where they will do famous quotes. And I have tried to track down who said this quote first, but it is not clear, I think, because so many people say it. But the whole idea of what would you knew, what would you knew, <laughs> what would you do? I ruined the reveal. <laughs> what would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? I feel like the one that I remember saying this, and it definitely didn't originate here. I remember Brooke off One Tree Hill saying this. <laughs> wow! Um, Imagine if that, that was she, like. Uh, a philosophical yeah. quote. What would you do if you knew you wouldn't fail? Brooke, Brooke One Davis, Hill. One Tree Hill, who had the best character progression in One Tree Hill, but that's a story for another day. And so I thought it'd be really fun to have an episode all about maybe the things that we would most love to do if we abandoned those expectations we put on ourselves that we have to succeed. And also talk about some things that maybe we've tried and have failed at, um, <laughs> and some things that we're glad we tried because we thought we didn't know if we would fail or not, and then they ended up being a positive thing. Because I think it's a really interesting discussion. Like, it is lighthearted, obviously, I'm sure. We're gonna have ones that make us yeah. laugh here. Um, but it is so true. I think on sometimes the biggest obstacle is ourselves, because there are yeah. a lot of things that I think that I would have loved to try, but because of thinking I might fail, or particularly for me, thinking that others might see me fail, often puts me off the actual task. And I do think we exist in a society um, that tells us that everything we do has to be productive and has to be a success. It kind of links to what you were saying about with your watercolour painting. Um, Yeah. There is such a pressure that everything we try has to be this, something we can show for it that is traditionally a success. And I just think that can sometimes lead to unhappiness. And I think it's really nice to think about what we would do if we suspended those expectations and just went for it. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we live in a society, especially for people in our generation, where like everything's about like your side hustles and like doing things for a purpose. But actually, like I said, there's, it's nice to know that you could just do things just because, but it's even nicer if there's no possibility of failing, which would be lovely if that I was know. actually like, it wouldn't that be nice? I really wish that was, I wish we could have like three things, you know, just like not everything. Cause I think the possibility of failure is often like a motivator and it can hold you back, but it can also push you to succeed. So if you never were gonna fail, then it'd be a bit weird. But if you just knew that you could pick like two or three things yeah. to just like definitely succeed at, that would be quite nice as well. Yeah, 100%. So I think, I mean, I actually do have three. Um, two, more, <laughs> two more light-hearted ones and then one looks like a big dream of mine. But we thought we'd first talk about the things that we would do if we knew that we wouldn't fail. So do you want to get started and then we'll do like we did with the small joys and go back and forth? I okay. Right, okay, weirdly, I think we might have a match on this. Do you? I don't it, know if we do because I think it's so weird no, what I'm about to say. No, but I think I might... Okay, if we do have the same thing written down, then that's it. We are just <laughs> the same person, but go on, go forth. 
Okay, so I specifically get this feeling, right, where I wish that I could do this in, like, a really long corridor or, like... Oh my god, we're gonna say the same thing! (laughs) (laughs) If there's, like, a really, like, long space and everything, and then I just imagine myself as, like, an Olympic gymnast, as as if I can, like... Oh, no, we're not gonna say the same thing. What are you gonna say, then? (laughs) I just imagine, like, wouldn't it be cool if I could just, like, start doing front flips and just, like, tumble my way down this corridor? And I 100% know that I cannot do that. If I knew that I could, I think I'd be flipping all over the place because it just looks like so much fun. No, I think that's a really good one. When I was reading Ali Raisman's um, memoir, I was just Mm. thinking to myself, like, I love this memoir, but I really wish that I could even do a forward roll. I can't do a forward roll. (laughs) I bet you could. I bet no, you could if you tried. I could, and then I broke my leg, and it's not because I physically uh, can't because of my leg. You I feel broke like, your leg. Yeah, yeah. I fell off a massive, like you know, one of those haystack playgrounds. Oh and my god! It was a really was high this? height when I was seven, and I fell <gasps> oh. off the height and like landed really awkwardly, awkwardly on my Ooh. leg, and a firefighter had to come and lift me out. Anyway, drama. Um, <laughs> but what I was gonna say is, yeah, I could do a forward roll before that. And then it's not necessarily like physically I can't because I'm sure I could, but because I'm so scared of breaking a bone again, I just won't do it. <laughs> oh, so you? I think you could do a forward roll then. Yeah, it's like it's like mind over matter, definitely. Um, I just close your eyes, get in a ball, and I'll just push you. Should and I do it now? You. Yeah. Should, should I do it now on the podcast? <laughs> um, I do think like it hasn't really held me back in life thus far, but if it gets to a point, we'll we'll tackle it that way. Yeah. Okay. What I was to gonna know. say, <laughs> what I was gonna say about the long corridor is I would really love, and this this kind of links into the bone thing, right? If I knew I wouldn't fail in the sense of I knew I wouldn't fall and die or break something, <laughs> I would love to be good at roller skating. <gasps> oh, yes. See, yeah, I thought that's... Yeah. Do you know, I really thought we were going to match on that. Do you know what? I've not put that down because I fully believe that if I had roller skates, I could do it. <laughs> you think you're already a pro yeah so I'm just not gonna even entertain the possibility that I might fail because I know that I'll be great at it I just know it yeah I I have faith that you would too because I think you're very um (laughs) do you know I've just thought of a really funny story but while thinking about you I don't know whether to go off on the tangent go off on the tangent so I had a group FaceTime last night with all my school friends and one of my school friends I'm not gonna name her because she'd be embarrassed (laughs) she was telling us about an awkward situation where she went to get a Covid test and Mm. both her mum and her sister who were also getting the Covid test started gagging when they put the swab in (laughs) and she she managed to do it really delicately and it didn't affect her at all and the guy that was like manning the stall said to her oh that was a really good technique and she went it's because of yoga (laughs) how can that be anything to do with yoga that really made me laugh and also just thinking about you and yoga which is why I was going to say you'd be good at roller skating (laughs) reminded me of that little that little anecdote apparently the guy was like oh right yeah he's not into (laughs) yoga I reckon it might be like the control you know you've got more control over your mind and then how the mind affects the body so you just didn't let yourself get to the stage of gagging but um how did we get to this (laughs) roller skating (laughs) roller skating okay so next next dream if you wouldn't fail oh let me see let me think if i got anything more serious that i can offer because i feel like i need to bring us <laughs> back down to earth um if i knew that i wouldn't fail i would love to be like 
a super successful like I'd love to have doctor in my name like to do a PhD oh don't know in what don't know why but I just think it'd be really fun but I I don't think I'm as academic as you probably need to be to get a PhD but I still think I it think would you be are. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't think I am, or I don't think I've found the right subject. I definitely couldn't do mm. it in English lit, I think. Doing a bachelor's degree in that has definitely taught me that I like reading, but I don't like studying reading um, because mm, it's different. I can imagine. Just, but, if, you yeah. were, if you did have a PhD, you'd be Dr. Foster, like the programme. Yeah, cool. I, I, have, I have thought about this and I'm like, is that too far? Will people take me seriously after getting a new name? <laughs> but yeah no I like that one I think that you speak eloquently enough like of all the people I know in my life you speak the most eloquently it's very impressive and I'm, I am jealous Thank of you, you. And I'll speak like that and I think that you speak like you could be a Dr. Foster you know I think yeah I think this makes me sound arrogant I think I'm quite good at like presenting myself professionally so I think I could definitely play a doctor on a tv show don't know if I could actually yeah be, I think you could be a doctor I'm not sure myself. I'd like trust you to slice me up and do surgery but i i would trust that you sound like you could you know <laughs> right okay last week i was saying you i would trust you to deliver my baby and yeah. this week i'm saying i would trust you to be my doctor i just think we don't have trust issues in this relationship it's we're 100 <laughs> percent. we're fine we're happy it's all good but yeah i feel like <laughs> we're you, gonna make it we're gonna you make it. You definitely boost my ego on a weekly basis, which is really nice yeah. because I'm like, I can do anything. For. Em says I can do it, so I must yeah. be able to. I'll put you down and as a reference. I am, I am the oracle. I, I know what you do things know. people can do. So. <laughs> um, my slightly more serious toned one is that this has been a dream for me for years. And it's one of those dreams that I think I would just need a minor push and then I would actually do it. Um, and it is, <laughs> I would love to... At a period of my life where this was possible, take a break, have enough maybe financial stability to go and live in Paris for maybe oh. like a month to three months and write a book in Paris. Wow. Not set in Paris, but write it in that setting. I love Paris. I'm one of those basic people who just like really loves it. And there are three things that <laughs> I think, three fa- three failures I think that are holding me back. And one of them is that I would get there and run out of money. Yeah. Yeah, because that is obviously, Paris is expensive. One of them is that I wouldn't be able to write a book because I'd have put too much pressure on myself to write that book. Ooh, yeah, that is also possible. Yeah, and then the other one is a little bit deeper and it is that I know that I'm a really independent person and I love my own space and like time on my own and being independent. But I do worry that I'd fail in, in the sense that I would get really lonely if I did that. And I think if I could if I could have faith in myself to be able to do that in terms of like an emotional sense and mental like strength Mm. then then those yeah those are the three things that I'd be scared of failing but I would really love to do that I think it would be an incredible experience like Paris is wonderful I also love Paris the thing that would hold me back from that aside from the fact that I am not an author so probably should not be going to Paris to write a novel um (laughs) but the other thing is that I I've only got a grade C in French GCSE um, and I <laughs> went back to France a couple of years ago to Paris and um, remembered almost nothing except for like boulangerie for bakery because um, that's important. It's important. <laughs> it's important. Um, but I know that it's quite notorious that people in Paris or like Parisians hate people who are English 
an English speaking that can't speak French properly mm. and fluently to their standard and I would just be so embarrassed if I was like I could go on holiday there but I think if I was to move there I'd have to have been like on an intensive French speaking course yeah you've just added a fourth failure fear <laughs> onto mine because I didn't even get a GCSE in it <laughs> instead of building me up you've shot me down oh my god I'm so sorry <laughs> the things I do but for you and this is what I get in return I, I do think <laughs> I do think you can 100% do it <laughs> I have faith in you <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, I just, yeah, it's one of those things that I think, yeah, you just got to kind of stop being scared of what could go wrong and instead think of what could go right. (laughs) What could go right is that you could spend three months in Paris, have the best time of your life and write a best-selling novel. So, you know, it's a lot to be gained from the experience. That's the dream. (laughs) Have you ever had any experiences where you've tried something and failed but been glad that you tried? Mm. I'm currently in the experience of trying to learn how to do a handstand and I fail on a daily basis in the sense that I still can't do a handstand but I'm glad that I'm trying because I know that eventually I will be able to do it but the first time I tried to do it I fell and like I basically like walked my way up the wall with my feet and then I tried to take one of my legs away, completely knocked myself off balance and then smacked down on the floor oh and ended up with gosh. a big bruise on my back. So that was a big fail. Was I glad that I did that specifically? Probably not. But it was good in the sense of like, I then knew not to do that again. So <laughs> <laughs> And um, also, I feel like, because you put it on your stories, don't you? Like when you do yeah. like monthly challenges, I feel like you get a little bit closer every time just because like you can't immediately do something doesn't mean it's a failure like you can exactly so like it's technically like every day is a little fail in the sense I'm not walking around on my hands yet and I'm not like super steady but it is putting those individual failures together with consistency to sort of see gradual improvement so I guess that's Mm. like one um I also failed my driving test the first time um oh I didn't know that yeah, I was a second time passer, um, which was, at the time, I was really upset and, like, I called Jay afterwards um, and I was like, I didn't pass. And then he was like, ah, you're joking, aren't you? And I was like, no, I'm serious, I didn't pass. Oh, no. <laughs> That's, like, the worst possible response, Jay. I know. <laughs> but um, then I passed the second time around. And obviously, I was glad in a sense, that I'd failed, or at least tried. Obviously, I would have wished to have passed the first time, but Mm. I tried it, and then I knew what to expect more from the second time that I did my test, which made the experience less scary. And I also knew that the worst thing that could happen would be that I'd fail again. But I'd already done that once, so it was, like, slightly less scary. So there are a couple of examples of failures. Thank you. What about you? (laughs) When I think about it, like, two immediately come to mind. Okay. Um, (laughs) So, first one was in Art GCSE, uh, which I know I said I, I can't do art, but apparently I did Art GCSE. I think it was the Crazy. fact that it was either, it was between PE and art, and neither looked particularly promising for Did me. you not have to do PE? For GCSE? No. We all, like, got, like, a like a BTEC from PE GCSE. Oh, no, we didn't do that. Like, and it was just a compulsory subject? No, we didn't do that. So, I chose art. Um, and <laughs> like you got to try a little bit of everything so like right. and 
And what I would like to point out also before I tell these two failures is that I really hate failing. Like, I'm not good at this. It's something that I'm working on. I hate trying something and not being able to do it straight away. Like, <laughs> it's a horrible, like, part of my personality. And so you got to try a little bit of every medium. Is that the word in art? I think so, do yeah. Uh, and you like, did the GCSE. Sure, yeah. I got an A, actually, in the end. However, wow. I tried oil pastels. And I don't know how people make oil pastel pieces of art look anything other than like a, a child that's been given crayons like the <laughs> art teacher came over and he was like I don't think oil pastels are for you and I was like you know what like agree hard agree <laughs> so oil pastels uh yeah they just look like a two-year-old you know been given a crayon um, and the second one was more recent and it was when I first moved to York and I was a barista for a year yeah or six like eight months I can't remember I have so much respect for people that can do latte art because I can't do it. And I had a lot of training in latte art, but I just cannot do it. Oh my God. I don't know why, but I thought when you said about being a barista when you first moved to York, I thought you were going to tell the story about when you fell down the stairs. <laughs> well, that was definitely a fail. Like, audible, audible. Like, if anyone listening to this has ever been to York, a lot of the buildings are very narrow, so they have very narrow stairs and you're carrying plates and cups. And there was an audible splat. I fell down like a whole flight of stairs. Everyone on the middle level jumped up out of their seats. <laughs> yeah, that was a failure and it was a painful one at that. It was like when you have to get up straight away because you're embarrassed mm-hmm. and pretend you're not in pain, but in reality, you're like, I think I've just, like, my back's gone out. <laughs> Uh, but going back to the latte art I do think it's one of those things where it kind of like with any kind of art you have a vision in your head of how you think it's gonna go and then Mm -hmm. you actually try to execute it and you're like eh what what happened where's the disconnect between what I think I can do and what I can actually do like honestly being a barista in general it is a running joke with my friends that I have met through the coffee shop (laughs) that uh being a barista isn't my strong suit. I have so much respect for baristas. Like, it is the hardest job I have ever done. Marketing is a breeze in comparison to being a barista. So (laughs) I would say that's a failure, but I'm still glad I did it because I made friends through it. I know how to make a good hot chocolate. Like, Which is such a good skill. Yeah, a a life skill skill. I think benefits me to the maximum. Um, But yeah, oil pastels and latte art, not my forte. (laughs) Well, I mean, there we go. But neither of those failures have held you back from succeeding in life. So it is, um, I think the attitude to failure is, I guess, another topic in and of itself. But it's definitely something I'm working on because like you, I hate failing. And it's not even failing as such as well. It's like perception of how you should do versus how you actually do can be seen as a failure. So like when I did A-levels, I was predicted three A's. I got three A's at AS and then I was pretty them for uh, the second year. And then I got two A's and a B and I'm still bitter oh. about that B. I'm like, I feel like writing to AQA and being like, excuse me, <laughs> I deserved an A in that philosophy exam. Give it to me because... Hey, I never really missed out on an A and got a B in philosophy. It's not please. I think, like, I, I just don't know if my teachers were so nice or, like, what happened. But, like, I got A's in every single practice essay that we did that entire year I was like top of the class I was like yeah of course if I'm gonna get a not a not get an A in anything it'll probably be English because that's like a bit you know harder to like know exactly what the examiner's looking for but I missed out on that A for philosophy and I was really mad and I like I did cry and I was like because I was like what the hell I mean I still got into my first choice uni and like I knew that already but I was just so mad and 
that's not even a failure because it was like the second highest grade. still amazing. amazing. <laughs> but, um, it, was, it was difficult and I am still, if I think about it for too long now, I still get annoyed about it. So, um, I think it's just like when you set an expectation for yourself and when you tell yourself you are going to succeed and put so much work in, it can be difficult to come to terms with the fact that sometimes, as we've said before for other episodes, hard work doesn't always lead to success. And I think that is a really difficult thing sometimes to your stomach. I think an attitude that I'm going to try and take into life in general now is to almost act with the confidence as if I don't think I'm going to fail. And, like, Mm. basically just to, like, obviously I'm not going to start doing front flips down the aisles in Tesco (laughs) because I don't want to break my back. Please do. (laughs) But in general, like, if I think something is something that I want to try and then there's a slight negative bit of my mind that's like, oh, what if you just don't do well in it? that's just not serving you so I feel like you do much better when you just don't give yourself the option of thinking about failing and just try it anyway and then as we've discussed you know we do fail humans fail but actually in the long run those failures are not really holding you back and they might take you down a slightly different path but it's all right in the end but it's better to have tried and failed than never to have tried at all. Oh, I love that. What a good way to end our middle section. (laughs) I don't think I've got anything to add because that just wrapped it up perfectly. Oh shit, yeah, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) I bet Jay leaves that in. Okay, so welcome back to our Agony Ant column. We got some really good questions sent in this week that actually really made me think and I was really like looking forward to answering. I don't know about you. Um, So the first one that we got, we actually have had quite a few um, about dating and relationships and it's something that we don't answer as much on this podcast because obviously we're in such different scenarios although maybe we should answer more because I think that offers different perspectives nice balanced view yeah we got one that made me feel seen I'm not gonna lie and it said (laughs) I feel like I'm gonna be single forever because of this lockdown any advice (laughs) um and obviously as we've mentioned on this before on this on this before on this podcast before (laughs) Kira is in a very long-term relationship and I am currently single so in this lockdown I think yeah it is really difficult in the sense that it feels like so much has been put on pause and one of those things is dating and if you are not already in a relationship it's hard to then go out and date and meet new people and also if you are in a relationship and you don't live with them it is incredibly difficult not to be able to Mm. see them my little sister is in that situation and I know that she's finding it incredibly difficult so I think no matter what kind of situation you are in whether you are actually dating and have a partner or whether you're single like it it's just difficult for everybody but in terms of being single I think in general this is how I like to look at it not just in lockdown but in general is that the day that you are currently experiencing could potentially be the last day that you are experiencing it without a potential partner. Like you could meet a partner at any point. You could literally, we always talk about this in my house. My housemate has a dream of dropping an item in Sainsbury's and someone picks it up for her and that's her meet you. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. And like, although that's very niche, that could happen. You could meet someone on a dating app. You could go on a walk and like meet someone you can meet someone anywhere at any point and that could have such a big impact on your life and suddenly your life isn't just you it's you beginning to share it with someone else and so I think it's a really nice way to look at it and I really like looking at it in the sense that 
make the most of your time being single because that could change at any point and it could always be your last experience being single. There is so Ooh. much to enjoy when you are single. There is so much that you can work on. Like I find that it is more difficult to me, for me when I'm in a relationship or when I'm dating to be creative and to have so much time on my creative hobbies. So then when I'm in a period of time where I'm not dating, I'm like, oh my gosh, I have so much time to put into reading and writing and making content online. And I've tried to see it as, in fact, it's not even in, like, I don't, I think I've trained myself now in order to, it's not like a try thing anymore. Like I just think of it as, wow, okay, so much time to work on me because yeah. at any point it could be more of a challenge to have that time to work on me. So I'm going to make the most of it whilst I have it. And I also think, I was talking to my friends on the FaceTime last night. I didn't know it was going to provide so much content for this. Um, and we were just they talking. They didn't either. Yeah, no, they didn't either. So <laughs> thanks for that, guys. Um, they're talking in general about the fact that life feels on pause and instead of letting it, make them feel like they're never going to be able to press play again they are getting them the best version of themselves so that when they do when they are able to press play they have a better chance of like doing all the things they want to do and I think that's also a really Mm -hmm. nice way to look at it so I don't know what you think about this one but I yeah well you've kind of just completely opened up exactly what I was going to say so obviously I don't have a massive experience of being single and certainly not in lockdown because I'm not and we're currently in lockdown but I do watch a particular YouTuber. I've watched her for years and she was in a long-term relationship and then I think last year or the year before um, her and her boyfriend who was like quite a big feature on the channel separated Um, and since then she's been living with her best friend and basically just working on being single. This YouTuber is Bonnie Rebecca. She was originally a vegan YouTuber. She's not vegan anymore and she makes just like really nice lifestyle content but recently she's been talking a lot more about like being single and the experiences that she's had as someone sort of learning to become independent not like relying on someone else for happiness and basically her and all of her close friends at the moment are currently single and they put so much value in their friendships and Mm, I think that's given them a really high standard for the relationships they eventually want to pursue because they talk about the fact that they have such great connections with their friends already that they don't feel a necessity to introduce a romantic partner unless they're going to add something that's already on the level of the excellent relationships that they've already got and of course romantic relationships and friendships are different but they're also similar in the sense that they're both really key relationships in your life and the people that you're likely to be closest to so I think having that emphasis on your friendships and working on you as an individual and not focusing on what you're lacking but instead focusing on all of the amazing things that you do have can be really great because if you allow yourself to focus on that you'll start to see that you're not actually lacking anything you're completely whole as you are and that a romantic partner could add to that experience but you're not losing out on anything by not having that if that makes sense because you are an individual with all of your own interests and hobbies and all of that kind of stuff on your own and you're not lacking something by being single if that makes sense so she did a whole episode not episode like she's talked about that in a lot of youtube videos and then her and four of her friends um basically did a podcast episode that another creator has which is called to be honest and they had a whole episode on being single in your 20s which i listened to just because i like all of the creators that were involved in it but it was really interesting to hear them talk about how important their friendships are and how those relationships can be just as important as romantic ones so really i love that and i so agree with that i think 
it's actually may end up, even though it doesn't feel like it right now and it is difficult and it, it can be very lonely like I'm completely validating this question like when I saw it I was like I feel you um but <laughs> I think you might actually end up coming out out of the other side of this because we will we've got this guys um feeling like as Kira said you're not lacking anything you're just looking for something to enhance your life you don't need it but you want it and I think that's a really good place to be in when you know approaching the dating scene so yeah I think there are definitely ways to make this a positive definitely and you will not be single forever unless you want to in which case that's totally fine go for it yeah live your best life life. (laughs) I love that for you (laughs) (laughs) okay so the second agony aunt question that we have is a little bit more I think of like a a serious one and maybe a bit more of a taboo subject that I think is not talked about so much and someone basically has the issue that they're struggling to bring up with their friends or just broach the issue that they're kind of struggling financially and now needed like a little bit more support Um, and obviously money is a taboo subject it really annoys me how much money is like a difficult subject for people I like to be quite open about money I'm not like blasting my earnings all (laughs) over the place but if anyone asks me I'm always really transparent about it because I think it's really bizarre to not be um and I don't know why it is such like a personal topic as such because I think then when you have any issues it makes it all the more difficult to discuss and it's just like I find it really annoying because you know you might be interested in someone's salary because you're interested in going into a similar career path to them and it's really difficult to know what path to go down if you don't know what earnings you might be able to make and all of that kind of stuff and it's a bigger issue with influencers who are very like private about their earnings but it's such a new situation mm-hmm. that then new influencers don't know how much they should be charging and all of that kind of stuff so I think finances are a difficult subject in general and therefore when you're struggling it's even harder because not only are you broaching a taboo topic then you're also broaching the fact that you are in need and so I 100% agree it is really difficult to approach the prospect of getting help in this area so to know what do you think <laughs> yeah I think finances for some reason like you say are a really close topic and it's it's funny because me and Kira, I can't remember whether we've mentioned this on the podcast but both me and Kira had a collaboration with Penguin did, did we yes. talk about that? Did we mention it? I don't know, to be honest. No, it was in December. We, we both did a collaboration yeah. with Penguin. Yeah, on the Penguin platform YouTube, we both had a collaboration. And we were asked to kind of give our rate for making videos financially. And we had no idea, did we? We literally had absolutely not a clue none. We were just guessing, clutching um, at straws. And that was the first time I noticed that actually, no, yeah, no one speaks about that. Um, but in terms of this specific question, I definitely can relate to how you're feeling um in the summer that just gone actually it's not just gone whoa time um (laughs) last summer summer. that was like eight months ago (laughs) oh god um that was when I lost my job and I had a lot of rent to pay and really I was I applied for over 100 jobs like I was trying at my best but I just couldn't support myself financially and I ended up having to go on universal credit which is another massively taboo topic um which mm. in, if you don't know is a form of benefits in the UK when you are job hunting but you are really really struggling and I felt the stigma around that really really heavily I, it definitely ties into my fear of failing and having to admit to people I tried really hard 
I tried to move to York. I tried to support myself financially, but due to this pandemic, I have failed. And it was such Mm. a really hard conversation for me to have, even with my family, even with like my friends and the flatmate that I was living with. I saw it as a really like a reflection of my character and my ability to work hard, but it totally wasn't that. And when I started to open up to people, people did like, didn't, it didn't even enter their heads to judge how I got in that situation. They were just like, how can we sort this? How can we help? It's not going to last forever. You're a hard worker and this is just part of life. And sometimes it yeah, happens. Like just you little, have ebbs like, and flows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I will say is if you're struggling to open up to people, like I have been there, I have done it and it is so, so difficult and there shouldn't be a stigma, but for some reason there is. Um, but what I will say mm. is remember that it is not a reflection of the work that you put in, especially yeah. in the, I'm assuming this question has come out of the pandemic this is such an unforeseen circumstance and so many people have had such a shift economically because of their jobs and the economy like it is so not a reflection of you and also I I think that asking you like opening up to your family and friends on the surface can seem like a really simple thing like they're the people you surround yourself with they're the people you probably trust most but I understand Mm -hmm. your hesitance because it is you know there is always a fear of judgment but I personally and all of the people I know and all the people I opened up to never ever would judge that and I think yeah yeah I think it's kind of a case of it is going to be an awkward circumstance because not only will you as the individual like seeking that help feel awkward and uncomfortable about admitting that to people because of that like internalized failure that you Mm. might be feeling but the reaction that people will also have is probably a reflection of how they would feel in that circumstance as well. And they're like, oh my God, I would never want to have to do that. And they might reflect that on you as someone who has had to do it. And it's all just this internalized tabooness of this entire subject. And as is the case with pretty much anything of that sort, the only way that we can kind of alter it is just by bringing it up more talking about it more often making it part of the conversation um and then eventually it will become less of a taboo subject but i think it is just something to work through um and like em said most of you will probably find that your closest friends and family will be supportive and will want to do what they can to help you especially in the current circumstances where so many people have dealt with job loss and the job market is so competitive because so many industries are down that there's far more people looking for jobs than there are jobs available. So it's inevitable that people are going to need more support and Mm. that's unfortunate obviously because most people who are in that position are hardworking, would love nothing more than to be in a job. Um, But that's just obviously not the circumstances that we're in currently. So I think just putting yourself out there reaching out to the people who are closest to you and taking the help that you can get that you're entitled to in order to then be able to look for something and to continue finding that right position for you because if you have no way to pay for your rent or food you're hardly going to be in a position to find a good job so you've just got to look at it as like a means to an end like it's there for a reason so obviously it's no one's ideal situation but it is a necessity and it's good that it's available for those who need it completely agree the support is available for that reason and you are entitled to it there is absolutely no shame sometimes people need help getting back on their feet and i promise you because i remember thinking god this is never ever going to get better it can change like that it can change with the you know one one day 
you're feeling like you're just never gonna get out of a really tough job hunting situation. Um, and the next day it can all change. Kira was with me on that process, day by day, oh, yeah. the highs and the lows. And things can change, <laughs> just change for the better, just as quickly as they can change for the worse. And so stay strong. We believe in you and never ever feel ashamed for asking for help because everybody needs help sometimes. 100%. I couldn't think of a better way to conclude that section, <laughs> but yeah. I hope you've enjoyed. I feel like this episode has just been so, so everything. There's been a little yeah, bit of everything. I, I going actually on feel today. like really cured by this episode. It just put me in a good it's mood. It's been so much fun. I feel I like I've also. Such, <laughs> such a wonderful time. Yeah, I've revealed a lot about my dating life and financial yeah. circumstances. <laughs> definitely uh yeah get to know me <laughs> <laughs> yeah as we've titled this episode get to know em on a deep personal <laughs> next, level <laughs> next week i'm gonna choose agony ant questions that like is, you're gonna be like target oh my, my personal it's life. me <laughs> <laughs> it's nice though i feel and like we're all chatting note. i feel like we're all in this together we are i feel like we are creating a wonderful community here and we're all talking about things that clearly affect a lot of people interest a lot of people and it's just nice to have this open forum to discuss it and put all of these ideas out there whether they're positive things negative things or anything else in between <laughs> lovely yeah and on that note good night <laughs> thank you and good night <laughs> <laughs> but for real thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you next week see you next bye. week bye